Welcome back to the Spirituality and Business Leadership Podcast. I'm Jennifer Woolley, one of your hosts, and today I'm talking with Amy Wong. Amy is a recovering mathematician who spent over 10 years at Sun Microsystems and IDEO. However, in about 2011, she felt a different calling and founded a company called Always on Purpose, a coaching practice working with leaders and leaders in the making on increasing personal well-being and success. She also works with teams transforming organizational culture, improving communication, building trust, strengthening partnerships, and accelerating impact. She happens to teach communications at Stanford's Continuing Studies and Berkeley's Extension School. And just recently, she published a really interesting book called Living on Purpose that talks about five deliberate choices that everybody can make to realize fulfillment and joy. I am so grateful to have Amy on our show. I've been a coach for over 10 years now, but what I find really special is that I've been coaching for far longer than that. Really? And it all started when I was really young and it was my very passionate love for music, piano mainly really? and math. Yeah. And music and math. I love music it. And math. Yeah. And so I had started playing piano when I was four years old. And it just became one of those things where it was, it was my life. And I think naturally for that reason, I also was incredibly passionate about math. And what had happened was, you know, being very industrious and ambitious in high school, I had created my own companies, so to say, or so to speak. And I Mm -hmm. was tutoring a bunch of young children in math. And I absolutely loved it. I mean, it just lit me up. And then I started teaching piano to young children and I had rented a piano studio from my piano teacher. And so I was teaching at a really big music store in Sacramento, which was super special. And we had two pianos in my house and I had the biggest room in the house with a door to the outside. So kids would come through the back door and I'd teach them in my room. And it was, it was really, really wonderful. And this was just who I was. And I think it was this passion that led me to go to Berkeley and study math. And it was, you know, in Berkeley, I just completely immersed myself in all things, the art and science of math. And I was teaching at Cal. And and this is where I started to recognize that I had, I was honing a really powerful skill and a really unique skill where I was able to discern in, in other people's arguments and in their language, Mm -hmm. I was able to identify what it was that they didn't know that they didn't know. Mm -hmm. And it was that stuff that was getting in their way of really learning, really moving forward. And I recognized this probably in my early twenties. And I was fascinated with this skill of mine. And I thought this, and this lights me up. Oh my gosh. I just live for listening to other people's logic and their argument to understand their perceptual landscape. Mm -hmm. Because with that, I was able to, with logic, help them derive from themselves what it was that they didn't know that they didn't know. And that's where true insight and growth came. Oh, how fascinating. Yeah. Yeah. 
And so it was, it just lit me up. And so that knowing that was running in the background, I kind of followed the traditional path. I ended up in tech, was working at Sun Microsystems for 10 years and, you know, in multiple kinds of roles, program mm-hmm. management, um, UI architecture. Uh, I would always end up in these facilitation roles where I was bridging, mm-hmm. you know, between say end user and development or engineering. And I was bridging and translating. And it's, and again, it was like, well, here, there it is again, there it is again. Right. And so after the birth of my first child in 2008, you know, my career was amazing. Um, I loved it, you know, successful in all ways. But after Aiden was born, that's when I just had this massive wake up call because there's nothing like bringing a human into the world and falling so madly in love. And, and, you know, the whole, just everything shifts on its axis once you have a (laughs) child. And I really saw that, oh my gosh, there's a whole part of me I'm not attending to. Mm. And I couldn't quite put my finger on it because I was happy, Yeah, you know, in the traditional metrics. Exactly. It was, my life was perfect on paper, but something was missing. And I, and so the only way I could describe that, that moment in 2008 was really a breakdown breakthrough. And I recognized that I was following my head, but not my heart. Mm. This Mm -hmm. sounds good as a strategy, but this doesn't feel good to my soul. Right. And even though it, it added up, something was missing. And so it that had was, to be really hard. You know, it is hard. It was really hard because, you know, especially when you look around and you have no reason to complain. Yeah. Yeah. It's, and then you're like, what is wrong with me? Why do I feel so lost when everything's great? Yeah. And then, and then you don't feel entitled to say anything about it. And, yeah. you know, and in a bigger conversation, and I've had this with many moms, like sometimes you're like, you know, maybe this is part of postpartum depression. It's just when we get shifted, we, there's really no way to speak of matters of the heart. And so we use this catch-all term for postpartum depression and, mm. you know, who knows? And, and no, I'm not a medical expert, but it's uh, it was a very, it was an inflection point for sure. Mm-hmm. Inflection, inflection point for sure. And it was then that massive insight. And this, the only thing I can call it is a divine download because it was so powerful that in this moment of surrender in this, and I, you know, it was really, it was internally dark, even though I was happy and my son is healthy and we've got this beautiful family. I just, I felt so lost. And in this moment of surrender, I was hit with the insight, Amy, you're going about it all wrong. It's not about figuring it out. It's about feeling it out. Mm. And what was so powerful about that moment was it wasn't a conceptual insight. It was truly an embodied insight and every cell in my body completely reorganized about around this wisdom and everything about my perception shifted in a moment. And from that point forward, what happened was I completely committed to following my inspiration, even though it made no sense. And so that's what led me to go get my master's in transpersonal psychology. Mm-hmm. And it's, you know, cause everybody asks, Hey, how did you end up with a math degree from Cal? And then going and getting a master's in transpersonal psychology, like how did those <laughs> does <laughs> not like, compute? What? what? How, I know. Exactly. I'm like, well, I'm a Libra and I call it <laughs> balance, you know, so <laughs> 
and, and what, what, you know, it's, I think it's just this insatiable search for truth. And I had spent the first part of my life doing that with math and music, logic, logic. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, this irrefutable objective language, trying to understand the universe, but yet there's this entire other, just complete other dimension to understand truth in that non-linear subjective way. And that's what my soul was craving. I just didn't know until that moment. And so I went forth. You didn't know what you didn't know. That's exactly right. Boom. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. So you, you realized that you didn't know what you didn't know Mm -hmm. or what you didn't know. And then you felt like you had to feel it out. You, and this, I like how it's divine download. Yeah. And it's almost, it sounds like you almost couldn't go back at that point. Oh, all of the cells shifted and it was this way forward. That's right. It's, you know, have you heard that saying, you know, too much, can't go back. You know, (laughs) that was that it's like, I know way too much. There's no way I'm going back. And I'll tell you, Jennifer, it's been the most delightful and abundant, effortless journey. And, and the reason is because I'm letting inspiration lead instead of, instead of strategy, it's what feels right. And so it was that it was the entry into this world that very quickly I learned about coaching. Mm -hmm. Of course, I was like, Oh my gosh, what is this? And all of a sudden everything made sense. Like now I get why I chose everything I've chosen from second grade until now. And it all (laughs) boom. And it all came together. Yeah. It's like you, you started coaching yourself and then realized that that was actually something you could do for other people, but you had been doing it. Yeah, exactly. 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 Wow. Yeah. What was it like going back to get your master's in, um, yeah. In trans, what was it called? I, transpersonal psychology. Transpersonal. Yeah. I, I almost got there. Transpersonal psychology. Yeah. Whoa. I have to, it was, so I had an infant And, and it was one of those things where, you know, anybody looking on the, from the outside, you know, cause my, I've got an amazing husband who is crazy busy entrepreneur that we've got so much on our plates and I've got this, this, and plus caring for an infant. And it was one of those things where it's like, my gosh, how are you able to manage all of this? But I think what I've discovered is when you are so just so passionate and so in flow with Mm -hmm. your inspiration, there is no such thing as overwhelm. There is no such thing as stress. And I'll say that it was one of the most magnificent experiences of my life. And it was, I mean, it, there were times it was really uncomfortable, yeah. right? Cause here I'm, I've been very practiced in this very linear logical way of trying to understand the world. And so then, you know, exercising and stretching in ways and creative expression. What, what does that mean? <laughs> you know, like, what do you want me to do for this class? finger paint with my toes. Like what? How, why? How is that helpful? <laughs> right? So there were moments oh, no. it was really quite challenging, but it was exactly what I needed. <laughs> oh, that's intense, but fantastic at the same time. <laughs> wow. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so then you embarked on this career shift to become an executive coach. Yeah. Um, and I- I'm guessing that that had something to do with some of the positives and negatives that you had experienced in tech or did some of your career influence 
Yeah. I mean, I mean, your personal experiences in tech influence where you went with coaching? Because you could have taken coaching in a lot of different ways. 100% true. Yeah, absolutely. So I had to follow my heart with this one. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I observed a lot over the, the 10 years that I was in, you know, in, in tech. And, you know, what I recognized and I saw very quickly is that people, you know, leaders particularly, they have a lot of influence and they have, a, and they can create an amazing or detrimental impact on others. And the trickle-down effect is really profound. And I know for a fact that I'm here on earth to to raise the vibration of consciousness. I know that. I mean, I knew that as a kid. I just didn't have words for it. And it wasn't until this part of my life that I'm like, okay, that's what I'm here to do. And so for me, it just feels very natural. Where where, where Where can I partner with individuals to have the most profound and powerful impact for the greater good. And it's, it's individuals that have the ability to truly influence one's path in the world and, and what they're here to do. And so, um, you know, to be, to be fair, when I started coaching, I didn't go straight to leaders, you know, it it took it (laughs) a journey to get to that point where I'm doing this work with executives and leaders and teams, but that was always in my, mm-hmm. in my purview was how, how might I be able to create as much impact for as many people as possible? And that's just what felt natural. So we have to back up. You have to unpack raising the consciousness of the planet. Yeah. Yeah. What do you mean by that? Yeah. You know, I think any of us can look around and we can see that you know, we're all pretty consumed and it's, it's natural. You know, I've, I've, I'm like, I've got my phone here and it's like, everybody's got their little device and we get bombarded. I mean, look at all these notifications on my phone here right now. And and we've got so much coming at us from the dings and the pings and the pop-ups and the headlines and the, and now of course, with the advent of social media, it's just, we are so overwhelmed and technology is evolving at an unprecedented rate. And yet our brains aren't evolving at the rate so much. technology, <laughs> right? The technology is. And so we're really starting to numb and shut out and become mm. very, very, not, I hate to say withdrawn, but autopilot is the word I yeah. use. And it's a way of surviving the overwhelm, this just stimulation overwhelm. And, you know, while it can feel comforting to be an autopilot, it's not fulfilling right. and it, and it doesn't bring us together. And I truly believe that, you know, we are, we are all one and purpose is felt when we know and can live that, that wisdom and love in our heart. And it, we, we lead with that, that wisdom and that's easily forgotten with so much going on. And so the disconnection that many of us are feeling from truth, from ourselves, from choice. And what I mean by choice is just autopilot has us in reactive mode, not responding mode. And so it's just, we're reacting to life. We're not responding to what's available. And I think, you know, the universe is constantly expanding. We have a drive as humans to constantly expand and to grow and I think to tap into that very real primal and very divine directive to, to expand, 
I think that's what it's about. And so for me, it's, it's just helping catalyze that wakefulness. It's helping wake people up to what's possible and moving them from reacting to responding, helping of step into what it means to be tapped in and connected with themselves in the world. And when we do that, I mean, I genuinely believe that's, that's when we start to heal the planet. Yeah. So how do you get people to do that? Well, it first starts with people interested in do, yeah. wanting to, and doing the work, or at least there's a willingness, right? Mm-hmm. And I think that's where I find there's a, there's a wonderful opportunity um, in working with leaders and, and executives and individuals. It might not be immediately obvious that they want to raise the vibration of their own consciousness, but in the same way I felt there must be more mm-hmm. in the same way. I knew that I wasn't fully living my purpose prior to having had that divine download. I am, I am experiencing so many of my my leaders feeling the same. Yeah. There must be more. Mm-hmm. And so to answer that question, how do you do that? It's really to hear and to feel for that openness and that willingness, and then to be able to facilitate a conversation so that possibility is, ah, oh, can be harnessed, yeah. right? And so there are those folks that are like, yeah, I want to go there and they know it, or there's a willingness and they don't know it, but they can, they can, they're open to it. Yeah. The door has been opened. Yeah. You just need to listen for that creaking of the door opening Yeah, in order to get to the point where mm-hmm. their growth can occur. That's right. And that's right. That's right. But, but in never, never do I want to push the door open. I'll no. never push the door open for anyone, <laughs> you know, but I'll, I'll have lots of people slam. Coming. Yeah, exactly. And then I'll get, I'll get people <laughs> coming to me. Can you push their door open? I'm like, I'm not pushing their door open. <laughs> I'm not touching that door. Are yeah, you they kidding gotta, me? They got to open it themselves. Like, uh, that's not yeah. <laughs> I mean, you can help, you know, cast a little light and say, Hey, yeah. your door's open. Do you want to open it some more? But if the door's not open, that's right. it's locked. That's right. They have to turn the key. That's right. That's right. Thanks for listening. This is Jennifer Woolley. Catch you next time on the SBL podcast. Bye.